How's it going, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. We've got an awesome show for you today. We have got America's most beloved cartoonist, the man behind Charlie Brown, Snoopy, and the rest of the Peanuts gang, Charles Schultz. And we've got the author of The Godfather, the book that the movie The Godfather was based on, and other great works of mob fiction, Mr. Mario Puzo. If you like the episode and you want to check out the performers, Charles Schultz has got his own podcast called The Year of the Week. Uh, We've got a link for that in the description. And Mario Puzo does improv every Saturday night at 7.30 at the Magnet Theater on a show called The Armando Diaz Experience. And you can check out her Twitter, at Gray Megan. That's Gray with an A. Links to those in the description as well. Uh, I, of course, you can check out all my stuff at JarrettBerenstein.com. I got my schedule up there. I'm on the road for another... uh, half a week here in Canada, and then when I come back, I'm doing the Southeast. So check out all those dates there. Subscribe to my YouTube. I got new videos coming out every Tuesday. You can see those on my Facebook fan page and also on my Instagram as well. Rate and review the podcast. Tell your friends. And of course, you can always email us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. I don't know if you know how much I love getting emails from you guys. Just questions, comments, requests, anything. Hit me up. I love knowing that you guys are out there and that you like the show. Tell me who your favorite performers are, and I'll have them back multiple times. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Mario Puzo and Charles Schultz only on Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. It's time. Famous Dead People. Time to start the show. Famous Dead People. Oh, you know, famous dead people, famous dead people, famous stories people. stuck in the head. You're gonna hear awful from even though all these people are dead. My guests today on Famous Dead People are 20th century author, screenwriter, and journalist, famous for mafia novels like The Godfather, Mario Gianluigi Puzo. Guilty as charged. And American cartoonist and creator of the comic strip Peanuts, one of the most influential cartoonists of all time, Charles Monroe Sparky Schulz. My pleasure to be here. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Schulz, Mr. Uh, Puzo, thank Hello. you so much for being with us today on Famous Dead People. So good to be here. But, you know, you can you can say Schultz, too, I think. Schultz? I think but there's no T, right? I think it's like pizza. You, th- you put a T in there as needed. I'm not the expert on pizza, pizza? of course. Yeah, but... I'm an expert on pizza. Maron, I've eaten do... so many pies in my life. Can we call you Sparky, though? Can yeah, we call sure. You Sparky? People know me as Sparky. Okay. Do people know you as Sparky? That was well, a surprise the, for me. My friends and family sure as heck oh. did since I was a kid. Yeah, mm. when you're on this podcast, you're family, right? <laughs> right, Jared? Like That's the right. Like the Olive Garden. Yeah. What's your favorite restaurant, It's right? my favorite restaurant. I love it. Okay. Oh, my God. Well, let's own. start off with you, uh, Mr. Puzo, sure. if I may. So you are obviously most famous for your novel, Godfather, which yeah. was adapted into an incredibly successful film franchise. Yes. Uh, everybody assumed that you had some intimate knowledge of the mob because of the book's accuracy. Yeah. But you have said, quote, I am ashamed to admit that I wrote The Godfather entirely from research, I never met a real honest-to-God gangster. Is that right? Uh, you know what? 
Jared, you got to keep your sources a little secret when you're writing about the mob. I see. That's based. I knew a couple of mobsters, some some good fellas, some wise guys, <laughs> some real shitholes. I knew them all, and oh, wow. uh, so. But I was said. They said you can use our uh, you can use our stories, just not our names. I see. Wait, yeah. so that quote then? What? That was a misdirection. That's then. a misdirection. You're trying That's to throw total... people off the off the trail. Yeah, just my work is pretty nonfiction. That quote. Fiction. I see. That's Ooh, what it is. Interesting. Yeah. So this is like almost like a reverse James Frey, yeah. where he wrote and uh, uh, he said it was true. He said it was true. It, it was not. You wrote uh, something you said was fiction, but was actually just yes. word for word. What wow. a great example. That is incredible. Yes. So I knew, I knew uh, uh, Vinny the dog, Vinny the face, uh, Vinny uh, the chinny. A lot of Vinnies. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of Vinnies. That's, that's New York at that time. Now, and, were there any days where, well, so, so this is all you're saying, like uh, anecdotes, stories that you knew from actual gangsters, yeah, time yeah, that you spent yeah. from gangsters, but was there actually any research that you did? Were you ever in the library Checking out the microfiche I mean, or... Oh, yeah, right, Jared. You see this You see this guy, all this hair, all this gold? You think I'm just spending my Saturdays in the library? No, thank you. Okay. Yeah, I'm not on. I'm, I'm always out there. I'm on the streets. Those are my libraries. Gotcha. The stacks, those are me putting my ear to a, to a manhole, <laughs> listening to what the streets are telling me. There's a lot That's, of good stuff going on there. A lot of good Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. You yeah. got to get it where you get it. Gotcha. And I got it from the city herself. They are not going to let me take this meatball sub oh, into the stacks, yeah, if you oh, know what I mean. How many times I brought two meatball subs <laughs> hand in hand, and I said, "Where? how are you going to get the books? And I said, with my freaking teeth. With my and I said, how are you going to eat those meatball subs? And I said, you mind your own fucking business. Yeah, shut your damn mouth. Yeah, shut your fucking <laughs> mouth. That's why I'm not allowed on 42nd Street anymore. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. You know what? I, I'm, I apologize that just listening to you talk, yeah. like I'm half Italian. Oh, and I've worked Congratulations. With, oh, thank you very yeah. much. I've worked very hard to uh, suppress my accent, but sometimes yeah. when I'm around other Italians, oh, it just kind of comes yeah, out. You want to let it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. tempting to lean right into it. Yeah. Oh, it really yeah. Just, just like a, a call zone. You got to get right into it. You got to uh, get nose deep. Sometimes you get a big plate of prosciutto and oh, you just got to dig in. You got to dig in. Oh, oh Maron. Oh, Maron. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's go over to uh, Sparky. Sparky for just a moment. Oh, wait, you know, I do want to ask you one more thing. So the book sure. comes out, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and obviously all these uh, gangsters and mobsters that you knew, like their stories were in the pages. Yeah, I read that a lot of them were complimentary. They came up to you afterwards and they oh. were like really excited that their world and their secrets were in the book. Is that right? They love, they love my writing. They mm -hmm. love my, they love how I, I brought it to life. They thought they were like, oh, you did it, Mario. You did it. Because I was so good at everything I did. I was so good at writing. I was so good at character development. And they knew it. No, mm -hmm. no one had to hold back. But they weren't saying like, you know, oh, but now the cops know about this. And no, now I was good at it. hiding it. And I also, I told everyone, hey, I, I was, I researched this from books <laughs> and everyone believed me. So they were like, good job, Mario. So maybe you the kept FBI, our secrets. So maybe the FBI is like, yeah, I mean, it's a good book and everything, but this isn't how the yeah, real mob exactly. operates. I can't fooled use all this. those G-men. I fooled I them so hard. That's oh, so savvy. They're FBI. picturing you like with a big like ancient tome about yeah. the mafia blowing mm -hmm. the cobwebs off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here we go. Uh, Encyclop uh, Sicily. Encyclopedia uh, de Giovanni. Yeah. Fucking assholes <laughs> on the FBI. Yeah. Forget about it. Forget about uh, it. Let's go over to Charles Schultz for just a moment. Sparky. Uh, so you are one of the most notable and beloved cartoonists to have ever lived. Your comic strict peanuts 
immensely popular and continues today in syndication as animated movies, parades, etc. And uh, unlike other popular comic strips, you didn't believe in passing the torch. You wrote and drew every single one of the 18,000 Peanuts comic strips. Uh, you weren't one of those guys like, you know, Jim Davis or whoever does Wizard of Id or, you know, any of the other daily strips that's like, you know, I can just hire someone to just do these. No, from those, now on. those guys are disgusting. And <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd always said that, uh, that the Peanuts gang was, they were going to die with me. They were going to die with and, uh, Charles yeah. Schulz. Yeah, I, like, I, like, like a mobster with his secrets. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, take it right to the grave. <laughs> that's a beautiful connection. Yeah. There. Yeah, I was going to, I was, I tried to kill him off all the time before me. What do you mean? Oh, you I wanted to, to do it kind of like, you know, I know, you know, make it exciting because the comic books or the comic pages, it's, it's very, yeah, stayed, you know, but I wanted to have maybe if you, if you, if you think Snoopy's going to die this week, you're going to read it. Interesting. Oh, yeah. So you wanted to add an element of danger to the peanuts. Is that right? Oh yeah. In my first drafts, every one of those characters died oh, several what? times over. Yeah. The, the, the papers didn't like it because you know, it's a kid strip and it's, you know, have Lucy dying and mm-hmm. you have your know, Linus getting eaten by a bear and, Interesting. And I said, but the kids need to learn about this stuff. But they they suppressed me because they um, you know, I like the money. I see. I drive yeah. a. I used to drive a co- a gold Cadillac. A gold Cadillac. Oh, pure gold. Yeah, and oh, people it was, would, yeah, it was extremely heavy. Yeah. So it, it, dive, terrible mileage. But yeah. just to have it, you know. Drive down the street and people would go. You know who that is? Yeah, that's Charles Sparky Schultz. That's right. Oh. And sometimes I'd be I'd have a megaphone and I'd be who's who's that guy coming up? So people didn't know it was my voice. And <laughs> oh, I'd yeah. put my hand out and then mm-hmm. you know, I'd give, got a couple of strippers in the back. Yeah, and oh. sometimes I'd hand out like just a dollar bill to a kid on the street. Oh, that's oh, nice. That's nice. That's good. Because uh, like a mobster, you know, you get you get the community to support you, and then you're untouchable right. from the feds. Because people you. love, because everybody loves you in the community. Yeah. That's, That's right. right. Yeah, you were given out to like you're like a Robin Hood over there. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, but you were taken from yourself. You were yeah. Given it, yeah, you were taken from the syndicated media. Yeah, in yeah. yeah. syndicate, that they're they're a crime syndicate as well. So I'm taken from yeah. them, and then same I'm, word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's That's a connection. Right. Yeah. And I'm out on the streets handing out turkeys come Thanksgiving and Christmas, and I'm oh. a hero. Yeah, oh, exactly. People are going to write in the streets if anything happens mm-hmm. to Charles Schultz. Yeah, yeah. protected. Yeah. Interesting. You know, there's all these conspiracy theories out there. The back of the dollar bill, the Illuminati. People have not connected syndicated media with crime syndicate. Yeah. yeah. People, that. they just don't make that one-to-one right there. Yeah. If there is an all-seeing eye, it's right square in the middle of Beetle Bailey's face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Telling oh. you what to do, what to think. That's yeah. right. Uh, what I wanted to ask you, though, about so you said that you wanted you wanted to kill off your characters. Uh, this was, you know, the, the three panel adventures of Charlie Brown and his friends. Were you ever were you trying to transition it into like an ad- adventure, like a Spider-Man comic? Like the first one was the recap, the middle one's the new information, and the last one's always the cliffhanger. No, I was going. I'm, what I was heading for was kind of like a, a Beckett-esque play for each mm. one of them, where you know Charlie Brown does something silly. And then he has like a moment of existential despair, and then like a and then like the bird comes and eats something off a plate, and that's the joke. It's not a joke. The joke is hu- human existence, right? Yeah, yeah life it's all is the, the joke. joke. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's so much darkness in there. The kids got to see it. I said, but oh. they never. But the the newspapers put the kibosh on that. Yeah. So I mean, uh, there must I was have been never... a pretty heavy delay between like when you would put your first draft out. And when the published version would come out, because I'm imagining there had to be so many letters back and forth where oh, they yeah. said, you have to take out this. And you're like fighting for your artistic freedom. And then they were like, well, we're not going to run it. And then you actually have to make the watered down version yeah. that they eventually published. Which can its own trouble because sometimes I'm writing years in advance. I have a backlog <laughs> of a year or so. And then which yeah. which bit me on the ass because in the you know early 60s, I had a whole 
huge thing with Kennedy, but he he had died. Oh, so, no. That's really seemed, interesting. And it seemed ghoulish at the time because yeah. there's a lot of Kennedy jokes, and it seemed like I was kicking him when he was down. So that's, I had to do a lot of fancy footwork, and that's how uh, uh, Woodstock was born. That is interesting. I'm really, that's how Woodstock was born was because you had— It was originally <laughs> Kennedy. You had, to to woven into it. you had to unwrite all the Kennedy jokes that you had in there. Yeah, and oh. just make them bird jokes. Yeah, uh, I got a question. Uh, yeah. So let's say when uh, when Lucy's holding a football and Charlie Brown's like he, he like flips on his back, was he originally going to crack his neck and die? Oh, so that's one of my the best kind of refillable gags. <laughs> oh, yeah, he died yeah. so many ways, cracking his neck. Sometimes there's spikes, sometimes a giant oh. hawk come oh. down and just take a big chunk at him. A lot of birds wow. eating things, I'm noticing. Yeah, yeah they're, uh, they've haunted me my whole life. <laughs> See. No, no bird is a friend of humans. I've said that. Now, yeah, so yeah. as I mentioned, nobody has taken up the mantle. Nobody's picked up the mantle of Peanuts. Um, so we don't have any new three-panel Charlie Brown comics. No. Um, are there things that you wish that were happening now? Are there new adventures for Charlie Brown and his gang? Uh, things that he could be commenting on? Things that he could be he could be doing, you know, that, that you wish you could be translating for the modern audience? If there's one thing I feel bad about is not being able to do a peanut strip about new rave. About new rave? Yeah, right around the, the, <laughs> like, uh, the like, early, early 2000s. I thought you now. meant, like, are you, you're not talking about raves, like with glow sticks and Oh, yeah, there was like a whole neo-rave thing happening a for rave. a while. Yeah, so like not new the, wave cinema. We're talking about new rave no, culture. not yeah, Truffaut yeah. talking about, like, you know, bright orange jumpsuits and, and, mm-hmm. and Molly. So you, yeah. Yeah, I guess you're, you're really excited about that culture, yeah. the new rave culture, and you really wanted the Peanuts gang to get into it. Yeah, I think I think I had some pretty good stuff to yeah. say about that. Mm-hmm. I we, think they'd enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, some of them would enjoy it. Yeah. I guess, uh, you know, Schroeder, maybe he could be the DJ, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, you know, and... Uh, Line, uh, what's the one? There's a pig pen. Pig pen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, he's, just, he's been spinning for days on yeah, end. Yeah. <laughs> he's been, been, been tweaking and rolling and... Mm-hmm. That's probably yeah. why he's so dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He he's hasn't showered. Drugs. He probably just, probably the water hurts his skin. He's so wound up. Yeah, yeah just like bugs everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. He's grinding his teeth. And, you know, uh, he's got like, yeah, he's got like flies uh, flying around him, but those aren't real. That's no one, just how no he one comments on him. Yeah, so who knows? Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's one of those things where nobody else mentions the, the bugs. Yeah. It's just how he feels. Wow, I didn't They're realize how, skin. How, yeah. deep the, uh, how, how deep Peanuts went. Um, I do have another question for you about the Peanuts game, but we'll get to that in just a moment. If you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. And my guests today are American cartoonist and creator of the comic strip Peanuts, Charles Schultz. How you doing? And 20th century author and screenwriter famous for mafia novels like The Godfather, Mario Puzo. Buona sera. Uh, it is interesting, though, that you had your Kennedy material because... Uh, Mario Puzo yeah. had a book about a fictional Kennedy nephew yeah. that I do have a question about. That fictional, <laughs> quote unquote. Ooh, yeah, okay. Yeah. We'll get to it. We'll get sure, to sure, it. Sure, sure, uh, sure. So, Mario Puzo, you were born in Hell's Kitchen yeah. in 1920. Uh-huh. Uh, you joined the Air Force during World War II, but because of your poor eyesight, you were not allowed to go into combat. Yeah. Uh, was that a bummer for you, or were you relieved? That you were going to be in the safety zone. Oh, yeah. That you weren't going to be into combat. I was relieved, Jared. Mm. Uh, there was no way I wanted to get out there in danger. Uh, you see this big belly of mine? There's no way I was going to bring it up in a tin can up in the sky. Come on. I'm not going to do that. So you had the belly the whole time. Yeah, I got this Basic big training. Belly. You're yeah. still, still a large man. I'm a large man. I come from a large line of uh, Italians, <laughs> uh, if you didn't guess. 
<laughs> and uh, so, uh, I mean, I was, I've had uh, breakfast cannolis, mm-hmm. lunch more cannolis. Uh, for dinner, I had, uh, you know, uh, Maybe a some, couple, uh... some sphinge and some... Uh, <laughs> You know, some more pastries. Oh, I love a good sphinx. Oh, yeah. My grandma no, should make a sphinx. No one yeah. makes the sphinx yeah. like a mama makes. Oh, man. It's <laughs> just a bunch of cheese and fried. That was going to be my question. I'm unfamiliar with a sphinx. You don't oh, know what yeah, sphinx? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, you got to go to Arthur <laughs> Avenue yeah. where the real Italians Up are. in the Bronx. Yeah. yeah. And you don't even have to go into a store. You just no. say, uh, give me a sphinx. And they're going to have it like in their eyes. purse or something. <laughs> you yeah. open your mouth and some, some old Italian lady is going to put some Something in your mouth, yeah. And she's gonna go. You're so thin. No, you're why? So... Why don't you eat a summer ceviche? You're uh-huh. so thin. You sound like a mom. Yeah, <laughs> I sound like all our moms. Uh, yeah. Aww. So you're safely not in combat. I'm so happy. Your big happy Italian belly yeah, is yeah. not gonna be shoved I'm, into a plane. I'm right here on the ground, right where uh, yeah. I get right where the where the Lord intended me to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, bless the bless the Father. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, the Mother Mary, she wants me <laughs> down here on the ground. Uh, yeah, it's where I can confess. Yeah. Uh, so I read that you, instead of doing being in combat, you were stationed in Germany as a public relations officer during the war. Yeah. And so I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that job. Like, what were you doing for the war effort in Germany as a public relations officer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, they wanted it to be a good relationship between the Germans and the Americans. Wait, I'm sorry. They wanted it to be a good relationship between the Germans and the Americans? Yeah, yeah. I was in during Germany. During World War II? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in Germany. What? I was, you said I was in Germany. But how right? would that work? You're at war with that country. Oh, we were trying to convince them not to be at war. Yeah. So that was my job. I was like, public relations, you know, what's going to solve this war? PR. That's what's going to do it. I mean, just in case you're at war, I mean, you can't be nice. Yeah. yeah. So we were, I was like, maybe we can be nice. Come on. Maybe we can be friends. Yeah. My, my main thing was, come on. That was, your, that, that was your big tactic? That was my big tactic. Germans didn't want any of it. So, so. tell me, so you're just walking out on the street. Yeah. You know, you're, uh, I have some sort of uniform on that identifies you as American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a, a bunch of chocolate and uh, a signed picture of Clark Gable and Rita Hayworth. And I'm, I'm walking through the streets and I'm trying to show, like, you know, we're, Americans, we're okay. Come on. <laughs> Come on. So stop this war. Those Germans love chocolate. Yeah, they sure they love do. The chocolate. You could bait German traps with the stuff. Yeah, I mean, they're yeah, not yeah. so for it. You weren't giving these away to anybody. Oh, you were, no. You are just, just showing, showing it off. to them. Look at this. Like, Claude Gable this. signed this picture. Yeah, this could be your life. Come on. <laughs> Come on. You could, you could be American. Don't Look, be, it's a good way. Don't be a mook. Come yeah, on. All these mooks uh, and the jadrools all over there. Bunch of jabrones. Yeah, the bunch of jabronis there but i mean no they didn't think they they didn't see my way mm. so uh well i mean you were doing you, at least you were part of the effort i you was know? part of the effort at trying. least you know when they when when they turn around at the end of the war and they're like you know what we had this war with america they won but it's not like they didn't try they tried. to they reach really out tried. they tried to stop it and you know, so that effort means something yeah it really does they, they, yeah they, i mean later on they saw it they were like oh yeah yeah i get it i mm. get it but at the time yeah, no one wanted to hear it. You know, war, it's like wearing blinders, you know, yeah. man? I've said that it's for years. Fog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is a fog. It's like being on ecstasy and acid, right? <laughs> You're tripping and rolling, right? Mm-hmm. And you just got that uh, okay. uh, candy uh, flipping, yeah. I think. Yeah. That's right, it's candy flipping. Yeah, it's a trance. Anyways, yeah. uh, let's go back over to uh, Charles Schultz just a moment. So uh, you were born in Minneapolis, Minnesota in 1922. Yeah. Uh, as a child, you loved drawing the family dog Spike. And in 1937, uh, you sent a drawing of Spike to Ripley's Believe It or Not, 
where it was in fact published. Is that correct? Yeah, did, uh, and if you, and this is one hundred percent true that uh, it got published because uh, it was an amazing dog who would eat nails. And tax I did and razors. That. I did read that in the Wikipedia Whoa. that yeah. your dog would eat anything. And so you drew a picture of your dog. Yeah. And you sent it to Ripley's Believe It or Not. Yeah. And it looks like, uh, you know, it, like you cut open a shark's stomach and you see that boot and that license plate because they Wait, eat so everything. You, did in the like ocean. A, you drew a cross section oh, of your dog yeah. to show like the a, things in its belly. Because like that's how people were excited about it. Mm. And we would beg our dad to just stop leaving nails and wrenches <laughs> around. And, and he got a kick out of it. He was an awful man. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's Spike. That was my first taste. Of, Is that why he was named Spike? Because all the nails. Because all the spikes eaten? that he ate. Yeah. yeah, and then later on, uh, Snoopy's cousin named oh. Spike too. Oh. After that same dog. Oh, connection there. And yeah. he was also uh, practicing uh, self mortification, punishing his own body in the <laughs> oh. desert for purification. Oh. Wow. Okay. I think I think Spike was kind of a seeker, kind of an yeah. ascetic. Mm. Oh, I, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the, the more that we talk about it, the more I'm realizing the the density of peanuts. That's a rich know, text, yeah. This is a guy who is out in the desert with, he, he sleeps on a cactus. Yeah. You know, he's, he's inflicting pain on himself, uh, which is the, the, the dread, the, the sort of like the, the constant hum, the drum of life, the, the drill press of life is just it, constantly needling pain into you. It's, it's like Snoopy on that house. It's like that house is on like a very yeah. that's also, a triangle. Very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. Very yeah, exactly. uncomfortable. It, it's always been my thought that dogs are always trying to reach the next spiritual plane through yeah, self-punishment. Hurting himself. I mean, have yeah. you ever tried eating grass? Yeah, yeah. Or you yeah, see a dog that's boy. scratching its ear and it, it kind of whines a little because it hurts. Yeah. And you're like, well, yeah. don't scratch your ear and it just keeps doing it. Exactly. You, uh, you know, this dog is eating spikes and stuff. He's yeah. like, he's like, end, end my turmoil. You know, <laughs> existence is pain for us. Oh. One thing he was saying that he was releasing himself of the body and becoming pure spirit. Interesting. I always thought that about Spike in the uh, in the comics. Yeah. But here's my question about this really believe it or not thing. All right. So you drew a picture. You drew a picture of your dog. Yeah. Then any anybody can draw a picture, and you wrote a letter saying this dog will eat anything, and they published it. But that's not evidence. Right. Uh, yeah. That's well, not, a, you know, that's not definitive proof that your dog did that. They just would take your word for it. Yeah. Ripley's Believe It or Not. It's believe it or not. I might be like, ah, maybe not. <laughs> uh, this is just a photo. This is just a picture by a kid. Yeah, that's yeah right. exactly. they, they give you the out. They say, believe it or not. Oh. You can, you can so not believe you, it. You couldn't sue Ripley because he always gave you that option. That's no, true. that's a really good point. I did not even... I did not even consider that that not was an option. Uh, another famous story from your childhood is that your drawings were rejected by your high school yearbook. Oh, no. uh, do you remember what you drew and what, why it was rejected by, yeah. the, by the high school yearbook? Yeah, I drew wangs on people. <laughs> so, and I, in, in hindsight, I see why I got that note. Would you but, draw a picture of your classmate or would you take a picture of your classmate and draw wings on them and no, then submit yeah. those as drawings. No, no. What I did is I got the masters before the yearbook went to print and mm-hmm. I just went to town drawing wieners <laughs> on everybody and everything. You put wieners in any spots that uh, maybe would be like a fun place, like not the usual place? Like a uh, face? Yeah. Pretty much. If I saw an open spot, there'd be a wiener there'd coming out There'd be a wiener. Okay. There, so. yeah. uh, yeah. Any like super huge wieners, like way bigger than a wiener could ever possibly be? Yeah. And it will, because the one, the big page was a picture of the American flag and I just made a giant wang around that. Nice. To upset people too. Yeah. Nice. No 
no yeah. Wayne could be as big as the American flag. That yeah. was the thought, yeah. Impossible. Yeah. If, you, if you ever, you can't hang the American flag under anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Including it's a true. wiener. Including a wiener. Uh, yeah. But you could, if you could do like the, the flag pole as a wiener too, just for, I future, did that. Yeah, yeah. for future reference. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's go back over to uh, Mario Puzzi for just a moment. Uh, so. Nobody knows wiener's better than Jared, Ooh. am I right? <laughs> oh, look at this guy. <laughs> he knows. He's an uh, guilty as charged. Touche. Yeah. Bit of a wiener expert, this guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, so you come back to America after the war, Mr. Puzo. Yeah. Uh, you get work as a writer and editor for pulp magazines. Yes. Uh, pulp magazines like Mail, spelled M-A-L-E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. a letter. No, mail, not a letter like that you sent. No, it's a man. It was a uh, man's magazine. You worked for pulp magazine True Action. Yeah. And also pulp magazine Swank. Swank. And I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about those titles. Like, were they all basically the same or were there things that differentiated male from swank from true action yeah male was mostly men on men uh <laughs> action uh there were really no female characters to be seen interesting uh, so uh yeah male was pretty much uh yeah was, was this like subtle gay pornography the way that like superhero comics showed so many like you know well-built men in spandex yeah. that it had like homoerotic undertones or was this like not subtle we at all. know not subtle at this all. is guy on guy this is guy pornography on guy. pornography if you will uh <laughs> but we like but a lot but it was all like written stories so a lot of it was oh, like okay. oh okay like like we'd have like a uh some kind of pictures in there uh not as good as schultz's uh <laughs> but uh we had some pictures in there but i mean it was mostly written so a lot of it was like uh like Glistening sweat off of uh, a forearm or like a chest, and, and uh, this erect wiener. Yeah, it's erection. Going in your mouth it was powerful, and uh, yes, so that was what you knew when you were getting mail. And so you knew, like, okay, okay, I'm not gonna. Can I ask a question real yes. quick? So when you were doing this writing, would yeah. you ever let your Italian come through? Because I imagine, like. You know, there might be some censorship if you ever tried to write like he had a he had a wiener like a hard cannoli. Yeah, you yeah. You know, uh, I I I was like, uh, I, I my Italian is it's hard to contain, uh, <laughs> so sometimes it would come out. And mm -hmm. uh, but uh, he slurped I, up that noodle like a oh, like yeah. a like a piece of spaghetti. Yeah, like a yeah, like oh man, I was uh oh it was it was Roman dick and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I tried to. Uh, I mean, it just comes out. It just comes out of me. I can't of control course. it. Um, so that's also swank and true action. Swank, yeah. So true action. Uh, that's a little bit more, you know, run of the mill actiony kind of stuff. I mean, uh, you had some like westerns. You got some space westerns. Mm, uh, some maybe uh, some spy westerns. Spy westerns, mostly westerns, <laughs> but put in different places. And then uh, swank. Swank was real cool. Ooh. Yeah, it was. Uh, it got a little existential at one point. Okay. Uh, yeah, sort of like uh, a concept of, of coolness. Interesting. Uh, Can you give us a little taste? Yeah, yeah. Um, one, this one story took place all within the color blue. <laughs> yeah, it was just all within, like, that. it happened in this color. That is Whoa, pretty that, cool. That yeah. just did my head in right there, just thinking about it. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah. cool as hell. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty cool. Um, I was also a marijuana at the time, mm. uh, laced with PCP. Uh, Fun. It was Great. Call, yeah. Called that boat growing up. <laughs> Just a boat? <laughs> yeah. Well, love boat, but then boat. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh. So you were on the boat. I was on the boat. <laughs> you were on the boat while the, you were writing for Swank. It's all the Swank boat. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But of course, everything has a little bit of uh, a little puzzo, uh come on it, uh, <laughs> which means uh, I've got to put some of my Italianness in it. You gotcha. Can't. Yeah. Uh, let's go. Uh, we got to hit a break really quick, but uh, let's go back over to Charles Schultz right before we go. Uh, so you fought in World War II as well, yeah. uh, but you weren't deployed until the end of the weird, war. Weird, I didn't see you there. Yeah. That's weird. I get a big yeah. continent. Yeah. You weren't deployed until the very end of the war. You famously said the only opportunity you ever got to fire your machine gun was thwarted because you forgot to load it. And the German that you were aiming at willingly surrendered. Did he know that your gun wasn't loaded? Was it like obvious that you tried to shoot him, but that there were no bullets in the gun? Yeah. Um, How did that work exactly? It, I was a part of a 50 cal team, which if, yes, you, if you've seen right. that, it's a great big gun. Those are great um, big guns. And, Hard uh, to know that there aren't bullets because yeah. the bullets are so big. And uh, well, at the time, I was a huge guy. I was oh, I yeah. was jacked, mm-hmm. uh, like a like a roadblock from the GI Joe cartoons, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> just massive. <laughs> And I, I looked like him with a tank top and like a headband on. I had heard uh, that you were the visual inspiration for Roadblock in GI Joe. It could, you know what? It could be. I, I, you know, some of these cartoonists maybe even followed me and said, "I'm going to do a little homage to to Sparky mm-hmm. here and put yeah. him as Roadblock." Well, I, I was a, a visual uh, uh, model for uh, Shift Boy RD. Oh, yeah, oh, exactly. You? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fun. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's why he's fun. always doing the the fingers. The fingers. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like kissing the, the air. That's right. That's yeah. right. Uh, so that, sorry, you were saying. Sorry, sidetrack. Sorry. <laughs> Let's go back to World War II. <laughs> no, uh, so, uh, you know, it'd be understandable when he sees me lugging this huge piece of metal that uh, I'm just going to whop him upside the head with it. And he but you were going to hit him with it? Yeah, like uh, the old American style. Like I was going to toss him up like a baseball and just hit him and, across. Well, across the field. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my God. Wow. Wait, so he was in danger still. Even though there were no bullets in the gun. No, yeah, no, he willingly surrendered as he was sailing over a fence. <laughs> so my, you did hit him with the gun. I, well, I crushed him into a ball, <laughs> and then I swung the gun, and I hit him on his, his hiney, which was good. Mm. And he just, So he, he was safe, at least. Yeah, it was more of a playful pat. But he went a good 300 feet. Wow, Homer that's in most ballparks, yeah. So you, so you aimed the gun... You pull the trigger, no bullets come out. Yeah. And then you still, with rage in your heart, you still advance on this German, roll him up into a ball, and and hit him with this giant gun. Yeah, because I was juicing pretty hard, you know, <laughs> to, to get that kind of mass. So did, did you put your hand up to your eyes like, whoa, look how far off that went? <laughs> yeah. Get kind of a whistle to admire. Yeah, nice. Did you, uh, Babe Ruth, did you call your shot? Like, this is going... All the way to the outfield. This and is going way over the barbed wire. And that, that felt like the most American thing I could do at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you scarfed a hot dog. Yeah, so many I got mm-hmm. very sick. Wow, that is, uh, that's an incredible story. And uh, we unfortunately got to take a short break. Uh, but we'll be right back with Mario Puzo and Charles Schultz on Famous Dead People Stay with us. Hey, everybody. Just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars. Leave a comment. Tell your friends. All that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org if you want a specific Famous Dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us. Whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, Also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out. 
out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out JaredBarrenson.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to RadioForBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support the Show button. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jarrett Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are American cartoonist and creator of the comic strip Penis, one of the uh, peanuts, one of the most influential cartoonists of all time, Charles Monroe, Sparky Schultz. How about you? And 20th century author, screenwriter, and journalist famous for mafia novels like The Godfather, Mario, Gianluigi Puzo. Forget about it. That's right. Uh, so let's go over, back over to Mario Puzo for just a okay. moment. But Jerry, I don't yeah? see you, you. I brought lasagna for everybody. I don't see you eating it. Uh, you rem- uh, this guy, okay. this face. All right. Uh, you eat it after, okay? Yeah, okay. Look at this. Stop kissing my cheeks. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, just uh, you giving me you giving me great respect by coming into my studio with lasagna. Ah, uh, you're welcome. You're uh, welcome. Okay. Uh, uh, Okay, May a good blessings on you, your family. Fame, Tell your mother I say hello. Ah, yeah. I wish your mother best. So I thank you. Thank Grazie. Oh, okay. Lord, just I, I am so sorry. Just the Italian just pours oh, out of me when I get you, you people love your mamas, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, don't you? Hey, okay. watch oh, out. Oh, she has a short. Hey, hey, hold on. Oh, she's an angel. She's an angel. Come down from heaven. She fed me every every day. She visited by the Holy Father. The ghost. Every day in the hospital, oh. she she pushes you out. Hey, oh, oh, you, 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 huh? you call your mother Charles Schultz. Huh? You call your mother? She died when I was a child. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh wow. God bless, hey. God bless her. Hey, oh. The angels are taking yeah, care of her up in oh, heaven. Hey, I, I know I she's happy. Right <laughs> uh. I pray for her. I'll go this Sunday. This Sunday I'll go. They send yeah, a special yeah. prayer I'm for you. I'm gonna light a candle. I'm gonna light a candle. Charles Schultz, Mrs. Schultz. All right, so, oh, God. Oh, oh exhaust. <laughs> just being just, so Italian. The oil is coming out of my pores. I got I to get back to just being regular New York City Jared again. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's almost cardio you guys are oh, doing, being yeah. that Italian. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry, it just comes out it's sometimes. It's a workout. Okay, so, Mario Puzo, yeah. let's talk a little bit about your first two published titles. Uh, this is before... Uh, the Godfather, before you became a household name, yeah. uh, you had a short story called The Last Christmas, mm-hmm. and you also had a book called The Dark Arena. And would yeah. you tell us about those two, uh, what they were about, what the material was, et cetera? Oh, right. Okay. So the first one, Last Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, so that was about, uh, that was about, uh, there was a mob, it was a mobster. It was uh, Ooh, also a mob story. Yeah, also a mob story. I was priming the pump, and uh, so it was. Uh, it was his last Christmas. So it works backwards, oh. where he Ooh. dies under the Christmas tree. It's a white Christmas tree. His blood flicked all over it when he died. Beautiful imagery. Yeah, beautiful oh, imagery. His kids come down the stairs. <laughs> they're like they're in horror. So it's so that's the beginning of it, and mm-hmm. then it goes backwards. But you know. The, 
I bet that looked really nice though, right? I mean, yeah, the dead yeah. body, no, but the the red on the white. Yeah, be yeah, that's what I was thinking of, like some imagery, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, like it was snowing out, so mm. he like goes outside, and, and the snow the is snow. all starts getting red and everything. Uh, and so, like that's that's how it begins. Very the evocative. story, evocative, mm-hmm. goes backwards. There's betrayal. His mm. best friend betrays him. Oh, yeah. So, uh, his best friend. Uh, has been an FBI informant the whole oh, fucking rat. time. A rat in a his rat. midst. And he's like, you were the godfather to my child. You disgraced uh, the family. Yeah, so uh, it was like, oh, no. So <laughs> it was all about betrayal. It was about Christmas. And so but it's, uh, so it was last Christmas, and then it goes, yeah. So that goes backwards to fun. find out what happened. Yeah, it was a real fun story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's go to uh, The Dark Arena, your first the novel. The Dark Arena, oh, man. Uh, that's a heartwarming story. Uh, it's uh, it takes place in Yankee Stadium when there was a blackout, <laughs> so uh, so it was, everything was dark, and uh, the Yankees are like, we're still gonna have a game, so they uh, so they they did a game in in at nighttime, mm, and that, that was the dark arena. That's a that's a yeah, great. There was a kid dying of cancer in the audience, and so they said we gotta do it for this kid. We gotta yeah. make so we just gotta was, play the game in the dark for this kid. Yeah, that's right. But then unfortunately, it starts snowing. The kid is dying. Oh he coughs God. out blood on the snow, but it's so dark. They can't so see dramatic, it. Though, it was beautiful. very dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. But reading it, you know that the blood is there in the yeah, snow. You that know must, it is oh, there. So uh, beautiful. So, yeah, so a little bit of, heart, more, a little bit of a warmer tale mm-hmm. in a dark arena. So, now before we get to The Godfather, I wanted yeah. to ask you about one more book that you yeah. wrote. This was, this was actually in 1990, this book came out after. The massive success of both the Godfather yeah. book and the movies, yeah. and this is the one that I had actually talked about a little bit before. Uh, it was called The Fourth K, the about fourth a fictional K. nephew of JFK named yeah. Francis Kennedy who becomes president. Yeah, and so you're saying this is quote unquote a fictional nephew? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm I'm not saying there wasn't a nephew named Francis Kennedy, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying he wanted to be president. Uh. Okay, there was, there was. It was that was based on a real kid. He didn't, he didn't have what it takes to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I based it on this, this kid. Well, so there was a. Well, a this was secret. a guy I met in a bar, and he said he was Francis Kennedy, and he told me this whole story, and I was like, I believe this guy, this this guy. He he seems like a solid guy. You could have drawn a picture of it, sent it to Ripley's, and they yeah, published it. They would have believed it. Yeah. So, uh, a so he said, nephew with JFK. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can believe it or not. Yeah. And, then, and then show what's in the stomach too, because yeah, it's fun. Exactly. <laughs> Why not? I mean, there should yeah, we a, should see more of what's in people's stomach. Yeah. This is a cross section of Francis Kennedy. Yeah. And he said, oh, he said his mother, his mother was uh, was Marilyn Monroe. Oh my That's God. That's right, Marilyn Monroe, and that he was a Kennedy, and that uh, so I believed him. He was a good-looking guy. Mm. Good-looking. His tits were there. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, whoa. So then I, what happens in, in the world uh, where this guy, Francis Kennedy, who's JFK's nephew, yeah. becomes president? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he beca- in, this, so in this world, it's like a fictional thing, but I based it on this guy who I met at that bar, Dempsey's down at the Lower East Side. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so in, in this world, there's a lot more Kennedys. I mean, you think you know there's a, kid, there's a lot of Kennedys? In this world... More Kennedys. Three times the Kennedys. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of Kennedys. Yeah, there's a lot of Kennedys. Because I saw how popular they are in this world, and I said, what if I have a world where there's more? 
more Kennedys. I mean, you get something like Coca-Cola that's so popular, yeah. suddenly it's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, Kennedy is like a brand that America yeah. just, we just love yeah. Kennedys. You can have a yeah. Kennedy for every town. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I said, okay, there's more Kennedys. So I based it on this guy, I met in this bar, I added some more Kennedys. So in this world, it's like uh, a Kennedy is in every position of power. In this in this world, you, you look you can't you can't spit left without hitting a Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Kennedy has got his uh, you know labor secretary is a Kennedy. Yeah, mayors in every press city secretary, are press secretaries are Kennedy. Secretary of War, yeah, everybody is a freaking Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's uh, like uh, like Sherpas are to climbing mountains. That's right. <laughs> that's right. To civil service. Exactly. Yeah, you, that's right. Because if you want to climb Everest, you're gonna need yeah. Uh, yeah. And I gotta say, like Kennedys are great. In the public sector, you they know, yeah. I have if, no complaints about anything that a Kennedy did while they, they were, were in power. doing their job at the time. Okay, once yes. they stopped, you gotta watch I mean, those yeah, guys. You gotta watch them. Yeah, yeah. 100%. You gotta put like blinders on, like yeah. like a horse. You gotta like exactly. okay. Do not job. let them drive a car. Yeah. Do not let them get a girl pregnant. No. It's like one of those babies in a construction site. They're yeah. just you know mm-hmm. constantly minding. But just you yeah. put that baby in an office, yep. and they yeah. will just do incredible things for civil oh, rights, yeah, for definitely. the space program, etc. Put a little microphone in front of that baby, and that baby is going to give a speech. That, They're going to oh, inspire gonna... the nation. That's right. Yeah. Interesting. So that's sort of like, so that's like the world I was building in that story. And mm-hmm. so, so this guy became president and uh, yeah, and he did, uh, he did some good things. That's like, great. Yeah. What a story. what a heartwarming story! It's pretty heartwarming, yeah. I can't wait to read it. Yeah, I hope uh, you do. <laughs> let's go back over to uh, Charles Schultz for just a moment. So, uh, after the war, you return to Minneapolis, and uh, your first job is you do lettering for a Roman Catholic comic magazine called Timeless Topics. Uh, would you mind telling me a little bit about that? Because I'm not even sure what a Roman Catholic comic magazine would look like. Like, what kind of material would be? Yeah, so it's a little bit of. Obligation here. Would you, would you pick up that magazine based on that description of it? Timeless topics. Well, no. Yeah. Well, I mean the the Roman, Roman Catholic. Catholic. Definitely not. Right. Uh, so that's the cover. And what it is is it's pretty much also male on male erotica, <laughs> which is yeah yeah you had to have that cover for the time so people wouldn't go nosing around so with what you're working. Nobody would read it yeah. unless yeah, yeah. you were a gay person. Yeah. You but knew the secret. Yeah. So you knew it was up. You mm. picked up, and you seemed like you were a, a church-going person, which was important at that time. Yeah. Um, anyway, I was just that must have been really surprising for some very devout, devout, devout Catholics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you'd be like, surprised how often people ran with it when hey. once they got it. They're like, <laughs> yeah. well, if this is coming from the church, I guess it's my new thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can see my uh, my my great aunt, my great aunt. I can see it, my great aunt Marie. I can see her opening it up and being like, "No, oh, it's not bad, actually." <laughs> Maria, you got a great aunt Marie? Yeah, I got a great I aunt got Marie. Got a great aunt Marie. What? Yeah, oh got, my god! I got a great aunt Marie. I got a I got a Dora. I got a Alba. Oh, I got a Sofia. <laughs> I got a Canigrazia. I got everybody. You know what I had a lot of in my family? I had Puglias. Oh. I had a lot of. I had a lot of Donnas. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those mm-hmm. are a lot of those too. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, I got a, I got some Ritas. I got. <laughs> Some, uh, yeah, oh, oh, I love me some readers. Oh, yeah, I missed that readers. name. Some Victorias, <laughs> not a Victoria, but a Victoria. Now, so yeah. you were doing lettering for this uh, hardcore gay erotica under the guise of a Roman Catholic comic magazine, yeah. And it's just you know, your basic comic lettering, so you just you make a you make the eye uh, another wiener again there, but otherwise, <laughs> everything's pretty much just straight comic, you know. Yeah. Legibility yeah. is key. Mm. Were, there, were there actual pictures in it, or was it art? Was it like comics and stuff like that? Because uh, yeah. it was described as a comic magazine. Yeah, there is, um, uh, you know, some some 
some man on man action just being drawn up pretty explicitly because again it's no one's open it but the people who know what they're looking for I hope for. you did some cross sections too because I think it'd be really interesting to see what that looks like yeah, so from you, the inside well because yeah the outside's touching and that's important but what did this guy have for lunch you get to see yeah. but you get yeah. to see the context of their stomach yeah. and also like what the penetration looks like also yeah yeah sure and sometimes I do uh, cross section of the head like, oh this guy's got a little bit of a cold I don't even know if he knows it yet but there's some inflammation in one of his tonsils there yeah. and, then, and then also what's on his mind another yeah. wiener yeah another Right. Yeah, he's he's fucking a guy, but he's also thinking about another wiener. We got yeah, some like, very. When is enough enough? You know? yeah. We got some very legitimate scientific organ drawing, organ depictions here. Yeah, and then also just a big cartoon wiener where his yeah. brain would be. Uh huh. That's right. Yeah, that's what it was like back then, Jared. That is okay. what I mean. Listen, I uh, I'm not well. Uh, I'm not an aficionado of the, the the gay community from the 1940s and 50s. And so, yeah. you know, that's probably what it was like. Very yeah. coded, very underground. A lot yeah, of yeah, coded. Totally. Wieners on the brain. Yeah. Uh, so let's go back over to uh, Mario Puzzi for just a moment. So yeah. after uh, a series of commercial failures, you yeah. just start, decide to start writing The Godfather, which was your attempt to write something that you thought would definitely be commercially successful. Yeah. You viewed writing that book the Godfather, like almost as selling out, you said. Here's how we, you described the decision. Quote, I was 45 years old and tired of being an artist. I owed $20,000 to relatives, finance companies, banks, and assorted bookmakers and Shylocks. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. I didn't know a lot of Jews. I'm sorry. I, that so was back then. My main question is, is did, was that hyperbole or had you actually borrowed money from racist uh, racist, racist stereotypes, racist in, stereotypes of what, in my head of Jewish people. Yeah, uh, yeah, I had. Uh, I was, I was low. Uh, I, I mean, I didn't say anything about my gambling problem in there. I mean, that's no, that's true. That's yeah. something I had. So well, when people asked you about your research for The Godfather, you said famously that you never met a gangster, but you were well affiliated with the gambling community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, that you might as well basically say. I knew the mob. I did, yeah, yeah of course. You can't gamble without uh, knowing a couple of mobsters that take your bets, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, it was like uh, uh, Tony and uh, Tony, Tony the Nose, uh, Tony the Cat, Tony uh, the Stony, Tony the Pony. I knew so Tonys. many Tonys. A lot of Tonys. Yeah, Tonys I, and Vinny's. I like that it's called the gambling community. It makes it sound yeah. so much warmer. Okay. It is warm, though. Like, I like to give back to it my is. community, yeah, yeah, yeah. the gambling That's community. not, it's not weird. Yeah. Like, it was a very warm gambling community. And there were also different communities. There were communities of, like, okay, liquor. There were communities sure. of gambling, communities of uh, uh, sex work. And uh, so it's, like, all different kind of communities. Like families. A group yeah. of people that would take care of you if you were, if you got a cold, people would yeah. come by, they'd bring you soup, you know? Sure. Yeah. It really was. It takes a village. It does. It takes a village to do illegal things. And, <laughs> to place uh, a bet on a yeah. football game. So yeah. you had borrowed all this money. Yeah. Uh, and so you and so you say that you had borrowed some money I from did. some from some Jewish people. I did. I did. Uh, I wasn't proud of everything I said, Jared. I'm sorry. Uh, but yes, it was I a did. different time. It was a different time, and uh, so I borrowed money from a lot of different people, mm. and uh, and they were threatening to you know break my legs. Um, you know, break my thumbs and, uh, you know, um, kind of like take my glasses away when I needed them. And I was oh, like, no, no, no. Who did that? Which oh, one? 
that was, was that the Shylock? That was that Tony <laughs> the Pony. Tony the Pony. He was a he was an actual pony. Oh my uh, god! Yeah, he ran the races, the horse races. He, he literally ran the races. He did. Yeah, I'm glad because otherwise it seemed like it's appropriation yeah. to have a horse <laughs> making the money off the horses. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, you had a guy on the inside then, Tony the Pony. Tony he the knew pony. exactly they who was going to win. Him, yeah. Because he would run the race. Yeah, yeah. And so sometimes he would take out the front runner so that number two would win, and then he would he could sort of like balance the scales. I read all about Tony the Pony. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, well documented at the time. Um, yeah, so he threatened to take my glasses away, and so I was like, oh, no, no, I got to write something that's going to be a commercial success. Mm, I also read that Tony the Pony, when he took off your glasses, he would step on them. Oh, oh yeah. He would and crush boy. your glasses yeah. with his hoof. goes right down, and there was no Warby Barkers back then. No way. It took a long time to get another pair of glasses. Had to yeah. get ground down by some some craftsperson. Yeah. It's gone. That's right. They had to make that glass. If you're uh, just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are 20th century author and screenwriter famous for mafia novels like The Godfather, Mario Puzo, Hello. and American cartoonist and creator of the comic strip Peanuts, Charles Schultz. Good to know you. Uh, let's go back over to Charles Schultz for just a moment. So... Your first regular cartoon was a weekly series of one-panel jokes called Lil Folks, uh, which was eventually expanded into the three-panel comic strip that we now know to be Peanuts. So let's talk a little bit about Peanuts. The main character, Charlie Brown, is said to be named after a co-worker of yours from when you worked at, at Art Instruction Incorporated. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, what did that company do, Art Instruction Incorporated? We would uh, get people... Uh, off the street and turn them into artists. Ooh, cool! So uh, we would we we there was a big recruiting wing where we would uh, go out there and uh, we would uh, see a potential we'd call it and mm. we would uh, slowly kind of uh, ingratiate themselves ourselves into their lives, distance them from their families. Wait, do these people want to be artists? So you made them? <laughs> at first, no. Okay, they would say okay. at first they'd be polite. They'd say, "Oh no, thank you," and then they, then they'd say, "Well, I'm, I'd have to go now." And then we'd say, "No." Uh, and we would kind of follow them around, keep following up, uh, eventually uh, convincing them that they've always meant to be an artist, no. and at the same time cutting them off from all of their family and, and drawing all of their money into ours. Interesting. So we would okay. kind of drain their bank okay. accounts. They would leave being able to do some some crude figure drawing. <laughs> but it was a cult. It was a cult. Oh, is what okay, it was. Okay. Yeah. okay. Well, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna call it a cult. No. I was no, gonna it, say, and it's hard at it's the time. Smart to it's a community. It's a community. Yeah. community. yeah. It's yeah. smart to create dependence on you by your customer base. Yeah. And that way, you know, you you have consistent revenue for your organization. Yeah. And at the time, I didn't feel like it was a cult to me. I mm -hmm. felt like what we were doing was a needed service. I thought there has to be more artists out there. I was doing a lot of the art that people were seeing, mm. but yeah. I couldn't do all the art people see. Of course, yeah. of course. Uh, you had to have other artists in the world. Uh, and so tell us about this guy, Charlie Brown. That was who you took the name from for your main character in Peanuts. Yeah, this guy a, that worked with you at Art Instruction Incorporated. Nice enough guy, but just a real loser, you know. Mm. Uh, just couldn't couldn't get anything going yeah, for himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah balding, uh, yeah? Yeah, he had yeah. like that one hair. Yeah, uh, yeah. I did <laughs> that, not that, invent that. It was awful. Oh, and, that shirt, which yeah, is sort of that like one this stripe. Line. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this, Were yeah. there other things that he would like do in the office that you then just like took and lifted and put directly into your Peanuts comic strip? Well, you know how on Valentine's Day, uh, Charlie Brown never gets any Valentines. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it was like that, where he would never get any any correspondence from any human being. Uh, Wait, and nobody ever corresponded with him? No, was, uh, we thought he was an orphan, but it turned out his family had just turned its backs on him. Because Interesting. He, because in their words, not good enough. I see. And they didn't, I found that out because they sent a letter to me, because they knew I worked with him, that said, watch this guy, he's just mediocre. <laughs> 
<laughs> Don't let that get on you. Uh, good grief. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. Love, yeah. love Charlie's family. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible that the, the family was so concerned that his mediocrity would like spread well, that they would send like warning letters to people. I think there was something where he had lost a kite in a tree that was special <laughs> to one of them. And then that was just the last straw. The they family said, was like, fuck this kid. Said, get out. Get out. Wow. Now, there was also the famous little red-haired girl oh, yeah. that uh, Charlie oh. Brown's famous unrequited love. Yeah. Uh, she is said to be based on a woman that you also worked with at Art Instruction Incorporated who you proposed to, oh. but who rejected you and married someone else. Is that right? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's the story is that I was betrayed by a close friend and uh, they went on to live. But the truth, uh, the little red-haired girl was just reds. It was speed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wow, that there was we the go. great love of my young yeah. life was speed. Wow, so love that just pop, popping yeah. those uppers. That was the little red yes. girl. She yeah. is. She popping was, those reds. Mm-hmm. She was no good for me. Papa and, loves wow. the reds. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible because that, that's it, how you got so much work done. Yeah. I guess. I got. Yeah. I mean, eighteen thousand peanuts comic yeah. strips. Yeah. I mean, you know, daddy needs his candy. Yeah. Eat, eating a bottle of reds and I'd crying out like six months of strips. Wow. Mm. And then you'd have to, of course, rewrite all those because world events had happened. Yeah. yeah. So that's another. Uh, a bottle of reds for the edits. Mm-hmm. And then bottle of reds, yeah. bottle of whites. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever mood you're Depends in on what mood you're in tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'd sleep for three months. Wow. Now, so you, but you did tell, tell people that she was this based on this woman that you were in, in love with. Yeah. But then you famously married a different woman a year later. Did that woman mind that everybody in the world thought that this girl that you were drawing was based on like an unrequited love of yours? Yeah, uh, I was probably not the best family person. Mm. Uh, my kids also weren't super crazy about me. Really? I think I really uh, put most of my care to the to the, the kids on the page. The imaginary yeah. kids. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Those are could, easier to handle. Yeah, you yeah. can make them do whatever you want. You just say, Charlie, go to bed. You just draw them in a bed. That's yeah. right. No peanut. No, Lucy is never going to say... To you, Charles Schultz, I'm sorry, I want to be a lawyer. Well, that's actually a special case with Lucy because she's just uh, someone I see sometimes. Really? Just uh, I know she's not really there, but she's just that voice inside my head who's Maybe always like a, telling me a speed-induced hallucination. Yeah, oh, Lucy you know in the sky with diamonds. That's right. There's yeah. a strong possibility yeah. of the speed and the Lucy. Wait a minute, hallucination, Lucy. You see Whoa. how you see how subconsciously I picked that name. Interesting. Yeah, you're on acid. <laughs> like, yeah. Wow, that's fascinating. Okay, and so your family didn't care for you. Uh, wife didn't care for you. It was a kind of a formal arrangement. I, you know, I'd come yeah, home and I'd say, "Yeah, your family was on the page." Yeah, I said, "I, I gotta, I gotta do some work, and we'd eat, it, mm. we'd eat like one of those, uh, like a pork chop or something." And then one big pork chop. Yeah, your family yeah. would share. We'd just glower at each other across the table, and then mm. we'd all go our separate ways. You know, that's it's incredible then that you were able to harness the the warmth of the Peanuts comic strip, knowing that you had such a, you know, I don't want to say frigid home life. That makes it sound like it's the woman's fault, but it's yeah. not. Well, let you me know. ask you this. How, uh, what do you know about their parents? About, oh, just that they go, rrr, 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 yeah. rrr, rrr, not rrr. a damn thing. They're yeah. just there. <laughs> that's what I thought. Of. That's the way a parent should be. Just oh, a yeah. human being. No, taken like like in Star Trek, you don't alter anything. There's no yeah. interference. You let them do what they're no, going to do. That was the role that you were playing in your children's lives. Yes. Was, I'm just hands off. A human being. Yeah. That's what a parent to me is. That's it's, fascinating. It's nature, right? Yeah. Or could, yeah. Sometimes I even could could have been a horse. Could have been a, a, oh, a broom. Phony. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you never know. Uh, let's go back over to uh, Mario Puzo for just a moment. Okay. Uh, so you collaborated with uh, Francis Ford Coppola on yeah. all three of the Godfather movies. Yeah, uh, they got better as they went, didn't they? <laughs> uh, well, I was gonna actually going to ask who 
had the most artistic control over the third Godfather movie. Uh, would you say that there was like you you had like more control like as time went on or yeah and you can tell by the results because uh, <laughs> yeah, clearly the third is the best uh, uh, okay yeah it's the, it's so good I had so yeah I finally got a little bit of control mm-hmm. and I said finally I can do it the way I want to mm-hmm. uh, give Sofia Coppola more lines please <laughs> thank goodness thank goodness she was what was missing from the first two movies I oh, always felt. well she was in the first movie she's the baby in the mm. baptism oh, yeah. scene but that's the thing when I saw The Godfather and I saw the baby in the baptism scene I was like I was like hold, wait hold, wait hold what on. yeah that what's baby go- what's going on here exactly we gotta see this yeah we gotta see more of this I thought the movie was starting yeah. when we saw the baby I was, I was like, like I can't no. wait to see. What this baby does. Yeah, I knew what the public wanted. Yeah, a great performance, <laughs> crying in that scene while all the uh, those guys are killed. Yeah. So, but, you know, that's uh, Coppola doesn't listen. Didn't mm. listen. As I mean, he took a, there were a lot of stuff in the book that he did not put in the movie. Ooh, so, like what? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, when Sonny is banging that bridesmaid, mm-hmm. there's a whole storyline about how her vagina is so big <laughs> that she cannot be uh sated like she's never gonna get enough this is actually true and they didn't include that and uh this is i'm like coppola i gave you some gold and uh and what'd you do with it you, when you, you say that that's shit on it. when you say that's in the book yeah is that like when he's bragging to his friends like her no it's you get a little inner monologue from her <laughs> And uh, and she's, she's thinking to herself, ah, oh, God, my pussy's so big. I yeah, she's like, oh, I'll I never be satisfied. Need some more dick for these pussies. Yeah, That's such oh a yeah, big... I better, I better keep uh, uh, screwing this uh, Sonny Sonny Cal- uh, Corleone, so, uh, Santino Corleone. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna just keep banging him, right? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, he that, left a lot of pearls on the with page. With that voiceover, that came a lot stronger. Yeah, movie. yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch the movie again, and you think you think that little inner monologue, and yeah. it'll, be, it'll make it a richer film for you. God damn. Richer film experience. Yeah, such a such a waste. We really gotta have like you know how they have directors cuts. We really gotta have authors cuts in movies. Oh, also. I wish, I wish. Absolutely, we uh, need like five different versions of the movies based on whoever who who worked on the film. Director's cut, author's cut, yeah. screenwriter's cut, yes. gaffer's cut. Craft yeah. service cut. Craft, craft service cut. Yeah, yeah, Definitely. Yeah. The stand-ins. <laughs> yeah. Longer <laughs> shots of all the food. Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, that's what we need. That's what we need. Now, there was also, uh, there were a few Godfather video games that came out after <laughs> yeah. you had already passed away. Uh, but there was also one that came out in 1991 when you were still alive for Atari, yeah. Commodore, and MS-DOS. Uh-huh. And if you're wondering, it was on six floppy disks for MS-DOS in yeah. 1991. Did you have any creative control over the Godfather video game that came out in 1991? I did a little bit. I did mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, I, I said uh, there should be more, uh, uh, not so many guns. I wanted a lot more, like, some dark stairs. I want, sure. like, like, let's just, like, look in really, like, like. Just people giving each other looks. I wanted more of that. I thought it would be very dramatic in a game. I thought kids would love that. The drama mm. I wanted. Because the movie is about the relationships. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So the video game should be about the and relationships And that one too. woman with that huge vagina. <laughs> so, uh, so I mean, there's several parts, there's several layers to it. You, it's like a tiramisu. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so I thought, you know what, kids, they love that. They love the gritty realism of The Godfather, the cinematography. We should put that in the game. You should have like a, uh, the button instead of like firing a gun. It like yeah. it, it it pulls the emotional family connection stronger. Exactly. So you get pulled back into and, the mind. And also, I want a lot more like closing of doors yeah. in people's faces. <laughs> so like instead of just so like when your wife is like, oh, uh, so uh, we should go back to uh, Tahoe, and you just 
close the door on her. You just see yeah. like this eight bit woman just yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And about like, oh, you didn't kill um, Connie's uh, husband, did you? Uh, this is the one time you can ask me about my business. No, I didn't do it. Close the door. Yeah. That sounds gripping. I yeah. hope that's not the end of the game. I hope that there's more. Oh, this could, oh, I mean, I, I, if, I wish I had more creative control. I wanted mm. more doors closing. <laughs> more on doors. Okay. Yeah. Well, and also, more, more boat rides. I want to see Fredo more on boats. Yeah, get him out on that lake. He like, he's liking it. He's, yeah. like, he's enjoying it. Being on the boat's the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. We're quickly uh, wrapping things oh, up here, no. but let's uh, go back over to Charles Schultz for just a moment. So. In the 50 years that you did the Peanuts comic strip, you only ever took a break from drawing the comic once. It was a five-week break that you took in 1997 to celebrate your 75th birthday. Is that right? That's right. Uh, what did you do for that five-week break? I hadn't intended it to be a five-week break. So I, mm-hmm. I you know, turned 70, I went out and had a good time, uh, I punched a police horse. And, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. And they, uh, they don't like it. No, they hate that. Oh my god! Uh, and the and the horse, uh, I kind of I, I tried to square off again, but it kind of flanked me, as it were, oh. and it kind of gave me its its rear, and it oh. and it just drilled me right in the chest, and oh it, it just turned a couple of the ribs to just powder. Seventy five oh. years old, you decided to square up against a police horse? Yeah, well, I'd uh, I'd thought it had given me a look. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> were see. you on uh, mescaline or something? <laughs> yeah, I'd take it in a couple of buttons, and yeah, uh, you got to remember, Charles, you're 75. You were not the roided out, uh, you know, roadblock that you were during yeah. World War II. You, you know? know, the mind, the mind, uh, sometimes uh, takes you places you don't need to go. Well, I have a surprise for you because I did a little, re- did a little in depth research, oh. and uh, that horse that you punched was actually Tony the Pony what? working yeah. for the mob. He was uh, he was feeding information to yeah. the mob. He had gotten right. a job as a police horse. It was yeah. a horse yeah. rat. That was a disguise. He was no horse. He was a pony. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he fooled everyone there. That was a, that was what we call double indemnity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parading as a cop and a horse. And a horse. When he was Wait really, a minute. When he was really a mobbed up pony. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, that is all the time that we have oh, for this no. week's episode of Famous Dead People. I would like to thank my guests, Charles Schultz and Mario Puzo, for joining me in the studio today. Uh, Last question. Do either of you have any uh, comedy shows or podcasts or comedians that you're really big fans of that you want to tell people about? Uh, Charles Schultz, anything you want to tell people about? Uh, sure. They can uh, check out something called The Year of the Week where it's a couple of folks just dissecting a year and going about the big big events of it. Sounds pretty cool. And uh, Mario Puzo? I'm a big fan of improvised comedy, uh, naturally. And so uh, go see the Amanda Diaz Experience Saturdays at 7.30 at the Magna Theater. Go check out that show. Uh, check out all my stuff at jaredberenstein.com. If you're listening to this on the radio, please find the podcast, rate and review. Subscribe. All the old episodes are there, and they're hilarious. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. i got new videos coming out every Tuesday, including some animations from old episodes of Famous Dead People. If you want to have your favorite dead person on the show, please email it to us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org uh, me and uh, me and Mario we're gonna go get yeah. some a little, little pursuit oh, maybe a little, little bit yeah. we're here every Monday at 3pm on Radio Free Brooklyn thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week okay can I get a little taste yeah nothing too bombastic just probably around here probably around there yeah okay and uh, Megan you do a voice for us today I'm gonna be the exact opposite <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be Mario Puzo Oh, forget oh, about, about it. it. I'm walking here. <laughs> All right, here we go. It's Mario Puzo. <laughs> <laughs> In your ear hole. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>